call the dolls with Chansey and she and wow so much has transpired since the last time we got together uh, dogs are still undefeated uh, a lot of crazy stuff but before we get into the to the, to the good news we uh, we do need to remark on a couple of uh, major losses in Georgia football and uh, the Georgia football family uh, the passing of Charlie Trippy and, uh, of course, a great coach, Vince Dooley, this past week. Uh, very, uh, just kind of a tough thing to think about. I mean, I feel like the man, especially talking about Vince, is a guy who we've we've been exposed to, obviously, for our entire life. But to um, lose him and uh, a man who has meant so much to this university and to where we're at and to have impacted so much of what we have come to love about Georgia football – it was uh it was pre- it was pretty gut wrenching man uh you you didn't hear about him much over the years just because he's kind of phased out but man it was it was a tough piece of news to get the other day and uh, I was glad we were able to get a W for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I've I've had actually had the the privilege of of meeting both of them uh, at one one point or another. Um, I actually remember you know Charlie Trippy. And Vince Dooley both are legends, Georgia football legends in and of themselves. But it's funny to think that, you know, Charlie Trippi, I believe he was 100 years old whenever he passed away. And he's kind of a, it's it's crazy because, I mean, they're really different eras. And Charlie Trippi, you know, he played at Georgia in the early 40s. Uh, and, and kids, we're talking about the 1940s. <laughs> That's uh you know, a long time ago, he played for Georgia and was kind of a he played running back and was kind of a dude at all, a dude all man and and he um, he is needs deserves more credit. These are two living legends, but he deserves more credit for what he did. And I recall actually, I volunteered at a um, at an event that had some of the former players come to uh, at Stegman one time, and sure enough, Charlie was there. I and I don't I can't remember how it was that I that I recognized him. But, you know, I had read about him and in, in all these books and all that and I, I remember walking up to his wife and asking, Hey, do you think he would mind taking a picture with me? And uh sure enough, she was like, Oh my gosh, like she he would love to do that and uh I think it tickled him to death that some kid who was in college, you know, this is t- about ten years ago, some kid in college was coming up to him and wanting a picture with him. Uh and then Vince, I ran into him and his wife at outside of, gosh, what's the name of that? Um, there's some restaurant that they were signing autographs and all that in front of in the village at St. Simon's. And I'll never forget, the only thing I had on me was my ticket for the following day. They were out there. We were eating dinner at wherever they were posted up at. And I had my ticket for the Georgia-Florida game the next day. We were out uh, on that Friday night beforehand. And and I was like, hey, do you mind do you mind signing this? And they, he signed the back of the ticket. So sure enough, I got this, you know, I got that sitting there. And, um, you know, that's not something I'll ever put up for sale or anything. But, you know, that's that's something I cherish a lot. So uh, two two living legends, obviously the winningest coach in, in, in Georgia football history. And then Charlie Trippy, him and Frank Seek, which were really two of the first two guys to really put Georgia on the map. So um, just an awesome, two, a couple of awesome guys. Hate to lose both of them. Yeah, and uh... – you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about it uh, this weekend uh, with the crazy environment that's going to be, and, and obviously Dooley Field. And you're, you're right, Charlie doesn't get enough credit, but I think we'll have an opportunity to honor both of them this weekend. I'm excited to see what we do for, for, for both of those guys because uh, have, they have just been around 
forever and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have, but have continued to do so much for yeah. the university and this team. And, and, and it's been, it's so fun to watch. And, you know, and obviously Vince as an athletic director too, you know, he's, he's got this legacy as a head football coach. And, and obviously that thing, most people think of him in that way, but he also was a great athletic director. Um, I'm 99% certain that he hired Mark Richt. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what year. I can't remember what year that he he retired. But um, yeah, Vince, man, all both of those guys, awesome. Um, a, cu- a couple other things that we've that have had uh, happened here in the last week. Uh, obviously, we found out uh, injury wise. Man, we're 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 kind of. I don't want to say we're lumping in this game, but man, we got guys some very uh, important and key features. Uh, on this team that are out uh, either for the rest of the season or for this game in particular. But Nolan Smith tore his pec- uh, pectoral last weekend, and uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Chancey, what what is that, uh, in your opinion, what does that mean? What does that look like on, on that you know end of the line over there? Well, we've, we have a guy that is obviously an established leader and someone that we look to on and off the field. It sucks. I mean, I I think he still needed to do some proving for himself for his draft stock and things like that for the the back half of this season. I think he has established himself as a guy that uh, is a has played has played well has missed some opportunities and and not lit up the the stat sheet, but is a presence on our team for sure. But I think the biggest thing he does provide to our team on a team that I will say that. Depth has not been on the defensive side. That's an area that we've got a lot of young guys, but we're we're sh- depth wise, we don't want to lose any guys, especially veteran guys right now. Uh, that's not where we need. We don't need that at all, and and especially going into our biggest game of the season. Really, no matter what happens moving forward, uh, up until a, a SEC championship or a playoff uh, berth, Lord willing, uh, this is the biggest game by far, and, and the biggest game in Sanford Stadium history. And just looking at the uh, looking at the stats now of what we know based on rankings, and we're losing him at a pretty critical time, and it's it's going to be tough. But the one thing we do have is, I think that will only inspire him to be more of a leader on the sideline, and to really get guys into a really into a good position uh, mentally and, and be a be a presence for them uh, when he's on the sideline. And I think that's he's going to double down on that and, and be a, be that guy on the, on the, on the sideline to, to help get the guys motivated and make sure that they're staying focused. And uh, now he's going to be the – he's going to be the, the cheerleader all week. He's going to be the extra coach. He's going to be the guy in the in the locker room that's going to be keeping guys focused and making sure they're, they're – uh, they they know what's what needs to be done, and I and I don't think you ever have ever had to worry about where Nolan's head was going into a game. Yeah, he's. I mean, you're talking about a guy who. I mean, there's no. It's it's not like he him not being on the field. He it's not like he loses all of his value to this team. I mean, the guy is still going to be right there on the sidelines. He's going to be. It's like I I completely agree. He's it's like he's going to be an extra coach over there. So I'm excited to see how he is able to motivate and, and help out with, with some of these younger guys because we're going to have to have guys step up uh, and guys that have not played a whole lot this year, guys you may not even he- uh, have heard of yet. You know, Darius Smith is a guy who, who comes to mind who might end up getting some more snaps. And then you got Marvin Jones. You know, is he going to be a guy that gets in there? And, you know, they're going to sub guys out. Excuse me, they're going to probably move some guys around a little bit. And 
mentioned to you, I thought that it might be a decent chance that uh, Mikael Williams ends up actually maybe making a move to outside linebacker, at least just for this game, and see how that works out. Uh, Chancey, before we jump into the, uh, the, the initial college football playoff top 25 came out tonight, we really we timed this really well uh, to where we uh, got all this Great information. Job. You know, it is what it is, right? Again, just sitting over here predicting the future, right? But the before we hop into the to the rankings that we have been uh, uh, blessed with here in the last hour or so, uh, just wanted to mention that Brian Harson has been fired by Auburn, and they are now paying I think three or yeah at least three head coaches are still being paid by Auburn right now that are no longer coaches there, and so that just puts a smile right on my face. <laughs> it's a dumpster fire, man. I mean, they – you don't really hear this about other programs. I mean, there is so much conversation about how the boosters over there are just ruining their program. Mm-hmm. And you just I, – I know a lot of a lot of this – there's a lot of old money in these schools, but you just can't keep doing that. Like, it's just eventually the well's going to dry up. You're talking about tens of millions of dollars every single year going to coaches you don't even have. And it's just yeah. – and not even to mention what you're having to do for facility renovations, what you have to do for recruiting uh, coaches and new talent. I mean, the, ma- the amount these coaches are getting paid right now, you can't be spending it on people that aren't there. Yeah. And, and, and so you – I, I, I am just baffled at the – they are – they didn't like Harson from the beginning, and so I don't know how he got. I guess you just eventually get to the point you got to hire somebody, and they jumped the gun on him. And so whether he he was obviously not the right guy because he it, it just did he just got fired within his second year. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's, they're just they are not trending the right way, and they have had a swift fall from grace. You talking about dropping like a rock and just staying there. I mean, my God. It's crazy. Do you think they're do you think they're still paying Tupperville? <laughs> Could be, good gosh. It's crazy. Oh man. I know I'm I'm all but certain that they're still paying uh Gene Chiswick. I mean no I mean obviously they're still paying Gus. Gus I mean he but the thing is this I mean and we not to get too deep into all this, but in the last like ten or so years these coaches have gotten these hired, these super agents, and they've gotten these contracts all but guaranteed, and it's been a bloodbath since then. I mean, you talked about that Ed O, whenever he got uh, fired from, from LSU, you know, they basically were like, hey, you know, they said that they're going to give him $17 million to, to head out, and he said, well, he said something like, "What, what you know, Tell me which when you want me to leave and which door you want me to go out or whatever you know uh, crazy uh, and these I mean, and they're I think I read where Auburn is paying like thirty five million out to coaches over the, this year by the by years in situation I I may be wrong on on the timing on that but it's just a stupid amount of money and uh, anyway it's pretty fun to watch from the uh, from the outside I'm enjoying this thoroughly yeah no doubt no doubt. Well, Chancy, uh, lastly, before we jump into our Florida recap, that we're going to try to keep as short and sweet as we can, but, you know, it's tough for you and I to not talk about uh, beating beating the crap out of the Gators uh, in, in Jacksonville. Uh, but as we lead into that, we just got to say, you know, it's just been a celebration uh, today that uh, – <laughs> or yesterday <laughs> – that Brenton Cox has been dismissed from the University of Florida football team. 
Billy Napier, who I I keep hearing is is a really good man and all that. I I think I don't know if there's been really a, a reason that's come out, but I think he said something along the lines that we will be a better football team after uh, kicking Brenton Cox off the team. You must be a pretty bad cancer if that's the case. Well, the more I've heard about it, and I I listened to uh, there's another podcast that uh, Jake Fromm and Drew Butler do, and uh, and they pretty much Drew Butler asked. Uh, Jake Fromm, he's like, so, so does this make sense? And he's like, they basically said like, yeah, this is, he's pretty, he, he's just, he's a great talent. Some, he said some NFL teams will look at him, but the guy just not a good person, like not very, probably immature and, and all this kind of stuff. And you, you hate it for a guy that has so much talent, but man, you, if the university of Florida can't even hang on to you, you are, you are not, you are not the guy. So let, it, let me tell you, he, he had a good enough last year, uh, excuse me, year last year to definitely get drafted. And I, I don't know if he would be a first-round draft pick, but after something like that, I mean, these character issues and these bad attitudes, if you're, I mean, if you're a bad apple and you're going to affect the team that negatively to where they say, okay, halfway through the year, you gone, I mean, these NFL teams ain't going to put up with that. At least not anymore. They used to have all these divas all over the place, but I mean now it's like, look, hey, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be like that with this team, you're gonna be out of here. I'm sorry. They're they're, bat, they're batting down the hatches on a lot of that, and because it's just you can't you can't out coach divas like you can't out coach people that think they're bigger than the system and bigger than bigger than their team. And I mean, you hate it for the guy, but man, just he he left us and 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 went to them. And do you hate it though? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't really hate it. I kind of enjoy this. I'm, I've enjoyed uh, the, the last two two uh, two little points we've talked about here have, have been great for me uh, going into uh, this game. So I, I don't know what he did in particular that kind of put kind of the straw that broke Camel's back deal, but oh man, uh, crazy news just all over the place. Just it's been a wild two or three days. Like normally we record these on Tuesdays, and apparently all the news happens on Wednesday and Thursday before the yeah, yeah. <laughs> before before the uh the, the weekend but who knows what'll happen tomorrow but we've had plenty to happen in the last 48 hours to uh, give us things to talk about I completely forgot to go back to the college football playoff top 25 rankings but uh Chancey I don't I don't have it pulled up but did you watch the show uh, at seven o'clock today I, di- I didn't watch the show but I saw I do remember who the top six are so uh you've got Tennessee volunteers at number one. So probably by now you have, if you're listening to this, you have seen that. If not, Tennessee is number one. Big turn of events. At the same time, everybody is drinking the Tennessee Kool-Aid right now. Mm. Uh, number two, you have Ohio State. And everybody has been high on Ohio State all year. They have been looking great. They've been beating people pretty well. Pretty, un- I mean, feel like it's pretty understood that that's the, the case there. Number three is us, University of Georgia. We are number three. So falling, I guess you can say falling, uh, according, we were number one in the AP poll, really based on where we started the year. Uh, But the way we're not being talked about, I felt pretty confident that we were going to be in the two or three spot. Uh, Felt better. The three made more sense to me because everybody's so high on Ohio State right now. And number four being Clemson. And that one kind of came out of left field to me. wasn't that that just didn't I don't know it makes sense to me with Michigan right there and uh so anyway that's where they're at and Michigan five Bama six so in top six it makes kind of makes sense but uh the, uh the big news that we'll we'll get to is 
where we were coming into this weekend with a one and two, uh, one versus two ranking going in from the AP poll going into this game. It's now a one versus three in the opposite direction. So we have fallen from grace to the three spot with Tennessee uh, going to number one. So uh, the only words I have are give me the poison. Love it. <laughs> give me the poison. I am all about it. So uh, some of that f- came from the, the, the Florida game. People thinking because Florida put up 20 on us or whatever the case is, uh, people have not been sold on us. And, and then we've got some weaknesses. We've got some opportunities. So um, I don't know what your initial thoughts are on that ranking, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I when I saw Tennessee at number one, I, I will say this. I, I thought I think initially I thought, you know what, they're probably going to leave us either at either one or two. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Ohio State at number one. But I was thinking I was I, I thought that they would leave us at number one, and I think it was honestly more just subconsciously. I'm just I I couldn't believe my eyes if I saw Tennessee at the number one spot. <laughs> like, I'm looking at that logo and I'm looking at the number one next to it. I still cannot believe that that is the case because Tennessee's not been good since you and I were in, in, in middle school, uh, Chansey. So um, this is this is really just one of those things that it's going to take some getting used to to see that, but I'm looking forward to seeing that logo drop down uh, this, this week, uh, this, excuse me, this coming week. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the top six, I think makes sense except for a really, I mean, of course I really wish that we had the one and number one versus number two matchup. I, a top three matchup is still pretty awesome in Sanford stadium. Still very, uh, excited about it. Also Tennessee being at number one, the, it's like you're talking about, man, all that rat poison, all that bulletin board material, whatever you want to call it. It's perfect. Way too much, and, and we're going to get into this a little bit, way too many people talking about Tennessee right now, and then the dogs just sneakily are favored by eight points. Or eight and a half, actually, eight and a half points. So how does that happen? Um, my only last my last thought on, on the top six, though, is uh, the Clemson-Michigan thing makes zero sense to me. Uh, so anyway, I, I would have flip-flopped them. But Tennessee has five wins against ranked teams at the time and all that. And I still we will get into kind of the, the one mutual opponent who we played last week uh, later. But, yeah, it's still still very skeptical on my side. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> uh, I think as, as we should be. Chancey, the Brent Cox story was supposed to be the segue. We're going to get into the, the Florida recap now, and we're going to try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. Give me your give me your reaction to, to last weekend. Unless you have any more, sorry, I know it looked like you were getting ready to say something about the rankings. I didn't know. No, no. Uh, have you ever been in our entire life? Would you have ever felt that you were so casual about a forty-two to twenty win over over Florida? Hell no. <laughs> Hell. No. I still think about the our, our years of growing up as children and just like just. Remembering, and I've, we we talk about this all the time of in two thousand eight leaving in the third quarter and two thousand nine leaving at halftime, but my 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 childhood of just going there as a kid with my dad and us just and my my mom and my brother and us walking into Jacksonville to just go get annihilated <laughs> and just to get like and just to have our hearts ripped out and we would just always do this to ourselves and. Uh, Man, that you're talking about the 
the the turning the turning ship here and and the the momentum has flipped in this in this rivalry. I mean, when you see the Brock Bowers catch, I literally he hadn't even gotten into the end zone, and I was like, this this I'm just gonna say it. This shit has happened to us my entire <laughs> life, and then it finally is coming back <laughs> to bite their ass. <laughs> just th- thinking about last year and the best two minutes of my life uh, at the end of that first half, and then for this to happen is, uh, and to watch some of these plays. Oh, oh man, I was I was eating it up. I, it, it was such it, it was a fun game to watch. We've got some stuff to get into the specifics of the game, but. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and uh, for us to be just beating the tar out of them in that first half, just looking just like we did against Oregon, really, to me, in that first half of the game, and just beating them soundly, and then basically falling asleep, and then them kind of playing in the third quarter, and then it's like, oh, crap, get to an eight-point game, and then you just kind of finish the game out, wake up. But uh, it was fun. Had a, had a good time, and and uh, I've just I've just kind of been thinking about it the last two days of like, man, this has just been a. It's crazy to think I have just completely looked past Florida and forgot that we have just beaten the crap out of them going into this weekend. It is wild. I completely agree. And I, Chancy, I always love hearing your perspective as a you know South Georgia uh, guy. Like you know you. You have grown up. See, I didn't grow up going to the Georgia-Florida game. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, after seeing some things this weekend, I, I, last weekend, I'm kind of glad I didn't grow up going to that because <laughs> it, it's not, it's a different kind of a party down there, and I enjoy what, it for what it is. But um, the thing is, like, I, I, I didn't grow up going to it, and then, you know, I, my first time going to it was my freshman year in college. And, you know, the experience is, is, is fun and all, but, man, that game – just you're right growing up watching it i mean period obviously i didn't go to it but i mean even growing up watching i mean you know i remember i think you know some of my earliest years of of watching the game of course i remember the the 2002 game but you know it still was fairly young uh but you know it's just one of those things that we saw heartbreak after heartbreak you know oh two that oh two game we lost to a, a florida team that finished the year like eight and five i believe uh and and then you know we won in 04, and then you know that was that was nice, and then the 07 game was obviously everybody remembers the 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 dance in the end zone, and then 08 and 09 were just so low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, the the things that have been burned in my brain from those two games, you know, just some very low points. But Jancy, I mean, you sit back and look at what we've done and how we've turned that series around, and the reason that people are a little bit more casual about it is we've won five out of the last six games against that. POS friend, uh, program, and I just cannot. That that is so hard to fathom, and and I'm I'm thankful. And and going down there to Jacksonville and seeing it in person was a lot of fun. Chancy, just just quick quick recap from the weekend. Of course, we had a great time on St. Simons and and all that. And going to the game, you know, and seeing these things, you know, the 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 tailgating scene was what it was. The people across the street from us literally were playing their music so loud that. I couldn't even hear myself think. And so we're yelling the whole time at the tailgate, drinking cold beer. Had a great time doing that. But you get into that stadium and watch seeing the blue and uh, orange across the stadium. That is what makes me enjoy going to Jacksonville. The whole town is is a terrible it's, – it, it's a shithole is what it is. And the Jacksonville is not a nice place. 
but the, you look across the stadium, you see the half-and-half half situation, and you're like, my boys are about to beat y'all's tail so bad, y'all are going to start leaving by halftime. And guess what? They started to. And then they came back, and we had a terrible one bad quarter. And uh, and they got a little bit of hope, and then we just, you know, we just cut the head off. <laughs> After that, it was awesome. <laughs> it's like it's like we took a nap at halftime, and then it's like, oh, crap. And we woke up, and it's like, let me just finish this off real quick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it was uh, – and and I will say this I I think I think going into this game I think say what you want to say part of me knows we went into this game you go into the first half you go into halftime twenty eight to seven and twenty seven or twenty eight to three twenty eight to three twenty eight to three uh, a significant beatdown going into halftime to say the least we were trying uh, to do our best Falcons impression is what we were trying to do is, that's exactly you're yeah. exactly right. And uh, but they were so bad that they couldn't even. Um, it was kind of like they they in the second half, you started to get uh, they they started to, to put up some points, put up seventeen in the third quarter. And I think what I think you and I both had some. Uh, I, I need to back up and say that uh, you were we we both thinking about it now. We both had a couple predictions, but you just hit the nail on the head. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about, and I completely forgot. And apparently, it was your brother that helped remind you. So, yeah. uh, shout out to Moose for that because you, in the last episode, if you didn't listen to it, she basically said that there were going to be four different guys that scored touchdowns. It was going to be what Dejon, Brock, Lad, and uh, Kenny, Kenny. were yeah. going to score. And sure enough, some of them scored more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were the four guys. They were the only four dudes who scored touchdowns. I said, brought, yeah, brought Lad, Dajan, and Kenny. And, uh, yes, Dajan and Kenny both had two each. Brock had one. Lad had one. And four for four, baby. I'll take it. <laughs> So Wish I knew uh, that we'll be, beforehand. <laughs> I was about to say we're gonna give we're gonna uh, we're gonna see what your uh, your, your prediction is uh, here for for the Tennessee games. And now you apparently have to uh, try to do that every time moving oh, forward. So Lord help us. <laughs> yeah. I almost don't want to do it, Chancey. I don't want to. I mean, I, I I like I like the fact that I go out you know go out on top. Hit hit, hit a home run right out, right out the gate. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Brock's on the list every freaking week. So I'm sorry, <laughs> he's going to be my guy. I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. What What was your uh, so what What were your What were your thoughts on the game? What were Where did you Where did you land after After this week? So we had a. I think you're correct, and when and you said that's one of, it was probably our most dominant first half uh, since we played Oregon. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I'm trying to just drink my drink. <laughs> that, that whiskey gone down, gone down the wrong pipe. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. All right, well. Uh, oh, by the way, I almost didn't make a drink tonight because I was like, you know, it was a long weekend of drinking and all that stuff. And I was like, no, I cannot. I can't just break with tradition this week. Don't be an idiot, Cole. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I really thought that the game, the first half was incredible. You were we were just on a you know on a mission. Uh, it was very you know well oiled machine. It felt really good. I th- I felt like Stetson still had a few, you know he had a few miss throws. But uh, you go back and watch the highlights. I'm sure you've watched the extended highlights. I love how CBS does that. It's like a 30 minute long extended highlight. It's beautiful. And uh, they they put one of the highlights they put on there was a, I think it was roughly a 20 yard throw to to Bowers that was over a couple of defenders that was. Could not have been a prettier ball, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking like these. There's a lot of people that are looking at this game and thinking, okay, did Stetson? How well did Stetson play? 
He threw for 316. He had two touchdowns and two interceptions, right? So, uh, all in all, that's that's a pretty good game. Over 300 yards is great. T- two TDs. You got two interceptions. One of them was completely his fault. The throw to Dejan, he did not see the guy that was trailing him on the wheel route. And I, I, I'll say Stetson just has to put that ball further up in the air. And it's weird because we've been seeing him with this, this whole shoulder situation kind of throw balls high. And then in this game, it was weird. It was almost like he was overcompensating. And he was actually slinging balls on a more of a line, and which is great for the for the you know the fact that he's getting balls in their hands quicker, but he was definitely not putting much uh, air up underneath it. Uh, and then, but the the first throw, the first pick that he threw to to Dom, dude just ripped that ball out of Dom's hands. Like I, it was just it was a good play by the, the defender. He probably should have thrown it on the outside, but it's still I mean Dom had the, the he literally had the ball in his hands. Uh, so you know you look at Stetson's play. I still feel very confident in what he's able to do. He still was able to make the play-action bootlegs that he runs. I want us to to run those plays. Uh, Chancey, you remember when we played Tennessee in 2009? It'd be awesome if we literally did this exact same thing to them. We played them in 2009. Probably should have beat them. And they ran the bootleg nonstop. And just, we couldn't do anything. It was we like couldn't we couldn't do diddly do. They did it to the right, and then they did it to the left. And it was like, dude, what? What? Why can't we do anything about this? And um, I think we will run a lot of play action uh, in this game. We'll run a lot of. Uh, I, I'm excited to see Dajan is. I, that's another thing I want to point out. Dajan right now is just he's playing a level. That second touchdown he had, where he literally he's got the height. He, I mean, he's a pretty short guy. He's got the height where he can literally squeeze through holes that do do not exist, and I and I love it, man. And he's he's playing he's playing to win that starting job right now. And I give give the guy the ball. I Kenny, I still love Kenny. Kenny had that he had a uh, bad fumble, which you know I mean crap. He had two guys in front of him and a guy behind him came up and stripped him. It's not it's not the worst fumble I've seen, but he came back and he ran harder than he's ever had than he's run all season after he fumbled that ball, and then obviously got the uh, go ahead touchdown in the end. So uh, I haven't even talked about number nineteen yet. I'll let you I'll let you dive into the to the receivers and the tight ends here, but uh, well, those are I'll, some of my thoughts. The 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 one thing I wanted to say about Stetson that number should have probably been about his uh, yards for the get day should have probably been about three seventy. 380 because of the two just horrendous drops by Ladd and Darnell. I'm talking about yep. un- deep balls, like yep. long deep ball. And I'm, I was, I, I couldn't, I, I don't want to, I want, I'm not trying to play up for, for Stetson, like, cause he, he did have some bad throws, but you're talking about just some, some things that cannot happen going into this weekend. So the, yep. you're talking about opportunities, like game changing opportunities on some of those plays. And uh, so anyway, I had, to, I had to make sure those were out there because well, he couldn't, he could not have thrown those balls better. Yeah, because you pointed that out, I did want to say like he, yeah, he threw fifty percent on this game, which was unusual for a guy who's been one of the most accurate passers in the country. A lot of people don't realize he's he's thrown for over seventy percent on the year. Uh, that might be below seventy now for, uh, after this past weekend, but it was unusual. But I think there was at least at least four drops that I can think of. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that is that is. I'm glad you pointed that out. So I think he's still sitting right under. I think he's sitting like just under 68 percent now after the game. But yeah, uh, but not to not to dog on Darnell and, and Lad both because they they had great games. 
tight ends, man. I, I mentioned last week, I said tight ends have been kind of quiet in some of these games and, and guys are, are playing hard, but Darnell and freaking Brock Bowers had a day. Unreal. Bowers is a freak of nature. Gosh, I love him. Just, I, I don't even know what words to, to use to describe him. Just throw the ball at him. Just throw the ball at him. It just doesn't. It doesn't that's what, matter. That's what Sesson does have the time with him. Man. I mean, I mean, it's, and, and and it works because he is bigger and better and faster and stronger. <laughs> he's all of the, he's 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 better in every facet of the game, and he's going to go make a play. And giving him a fifty-fifty ball is a joke because it's not a fifty-fifty. <laughs> it's just Bowers' ball, <laughs> and so that that's we're throwing that, up a Bowers' ball here. <laughs> And he's just going to go make a play on it. And really, it was good. It was good to see him have a breakout day. I don't even know where his final numbers landed, but just top notch. And, and Darnell had some great balls too. Uh, had some great passes. He had how many yards did he end up in the day with? I can't remember what what he Darnell, had. But. Darnell had uh, forty seven. Also, Bowers had one fifty four. I think that's a career high. I, I would feel pretty confident. Yeah, and, and, and so. Our guys just – Darnell's came up in big situations, and, um, it, I mean, he for sure – he, he was obviously the leading receiver in the game, uh, did a did an incredible job, uh, and fast and, man, I don't even – like I said, I don't even know what words to use use for him at this point. But uh, but talking about receivers, Ladd did show back up. Ladd had, uh, had four catches, 51 yards. He, he had a good game. It was good to see him back – back out and actually playing well uh besides that drop i felt like he did a he had a good game and we need him going into the game this weekend we're gonna have to have all of our weapons at at full blast and so i uh i I felt good about where we were where we were at um really all of our receivers caught uh that we were were throwing to everybody did did a pretty good job so uh tight ends man feed them Feed them this week. We've got a. We're going into a. We'll talk about Tennessee. We're going into a weak secondary. A team that's been lit up in the passing game. Feed nineteen and feed zero. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, do, I, I, do, I do believe we we say that almost every week, and uh, I do believe it's still a good game plan. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I really am looking forward to seeing Darnell get his first touchdown on the year, man. I I, I really think that I I think he. He works. I mean, you watch these some of these end arounds. Uh, you watch some of these power plays that we do, and you watch. I mean, he controls the edge better than any tight end I've ever seen. He's also just a massive human being. It makes sense, but you watch uh, the watch the way that he works, and it's really quite impressive. And I think he's just really. Last year, I, I loved Darnell. I thought that he was athletic. I thought he made plays. I thought he blocked fairly well. This year, this Darnell that we're seeing. He's he's playing selfless football, man. I mean, he's doing whatever he, he is asked to do, and I've been really enjoying watching watching him work. Um, and so uh, you you go back and watch. I think it was I don't know if it's the the second Dajun uh, touchdown or not, but he turns he turns like two guys inside to let somebody get around the outside one time, and I was like, that's Darnell for you, man. Uh, so I've been uh, been enjoying watching him work. Uh, I I did want to point out that Rosemey had that one really important. I think it was I think it was in the fourth quarter. He had that big catch over the middle. I think it was about a twenty yard gain where he scooped it up off the off the turf 
and that extended the drive, ended up with a touchdown on that drive. That was huge to get us back. I think it was the first drive we had after they scored 20. And then we continued that drive. Dajan took it in, uh, capped us at a 35-20 to 20 game, and then Kenny you know, with the go-ahead touchdown late in the game. That was one of those things that you've got to have these contributors all over the place. I mean, everybody keeps on talking about 19, 0, 8, uh, 84. You know, these guys, you know, 6, 30. And then all of a sudden, like, man, we forget about Rosemary. We forget about Dylan Bell. You know, he had a pretty good game. So, uh, man, we've we've gotten these all these different weapons. And you look at this game and what we can improve on, and it's like, man, you just cannot turn the ball over against this Tennessee team. And that's I mean, top to bottom. I mean, we should beat Tennessee. There's a reason that Vegas has us favored by eight points or eight and a half points. We should beat Tennessee. But we're not going to blow them out. I don't believe we are. This is the best Tennessee team we've seen in 15 years. But we're this team is better than Tennessee. If if we had all our pieces, if we had everybody healthy, and I mean, I mean I'm, I'm talking about 100% Jalen. We didn't even talk about Jalen. Jalen played this past weekend and looked incredible. There was a, a couple plays where I'm like, man, this guy's probably 80, maybe 85% right now, and he just bulldozed two offensive linemen and almost got the quarterback, affected Anthony Richardson. He ran for 19 yards in this game. Dude, this is after this is after him tearing LSU apart. The same LSU team that's about to play Alabama this coming weekend after we play Tennessee. So, uh, anyway, I, I kind of jumped around a little bit, but man, that's it's top to bottom. This Tennessee team, excuse me, this Georgia team compared to this Tennessee team, what we've done to Florida. I wanted to go ahead and point this out. I'm sorry, but we we beat Florida by 22 points, right? That's the only mutual opponent that we've played, and Tennessee's played. Tennessee beat them by five. And and I'll I'll say this: you look at our season, and then if you go back and look at our record, our record, if you just go down the line and uh, and really start to look at our season and um, the the opponents that we've played. So I'm going to start at the beginning of the year. Opponents have scored three, zero. 7, 22, 22, 10, 0, and 20. Which games do you think we turn the ball over a lot? <laughs> I mean, you look at just sloppy play on our part. And the games that we are are keep are keeping the ball and not turning the ball over, it's a very distinct difference here. And the math is not very hard. When we don't turn the ball over, when we keep our hands on the ball, we win the game, and we win it by a lot. We have the weapons to do in our defense. If we don't put our defense in a bad situation, and then also, let me just back up and say this, the fact that in some of these games had three turnovers, three turnovers, and they're only scoring 22 and 20 points yeah. in these games that we're returning the ball over multiple times and not getting critical turnovers ourselves, that is, I mean, that's a testament to our defense and a testament to what we're able to do and the fact that they're only letting up that many points. So it's on Stetson. It's on our offense, our receivers, to not give up the ball. How, how, how many drills do you think we're running this week on not fumbling the football? <laughs> <laughs> Just a terrifying amount. Is, I, don't even, I can't even dream about it. But it's you don't have to go very deep on this to see – what is going on here and what our season has looked like. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot 
we do really good. <laughs> we play really well because those games yeah. that we were turning the ball over, we had a freaking crap ton of penalties too. Just a lot of stupid stuff. Like we just when you're when we're off our game, we are off our game. And the fact that we still win these games in the way that we win them, uh, it just it's a testament to how good we are, uh, how just talented we are. But this game that we're coming into this weekend has nothing to do. We can't just talent our way to the, to a win this this weekend, and and that's you can say whatever you want to about Tennessee. This is the best team that we have played in a while, and it is it is going to be critical. That w- like the f- nice thing is having it at home. A lot of your dumb false starts and 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 dumb penalties like that. Hopefully, you're going to be able to avoid. But you just can't. I'm okay with aggressive penalties. Like you may get a couple pass interference. You may there's there's some things like that that you're just you're trying to play hard. There's going to be penalties like that. We're going to see a couple pass interferences during this game. You don't want dumb pass interferences, but if you're if it's a one on one ball and you're trying to keep a guy from getting a deep ball, I get it. But false starts, illegal formation, twelve men on the field, just just cerebral stuff that you just let happen, that's where you lose this kind of game. That's where you change the momentum of a drive that leads to something happening. And we, we let that happen with Florida in the third quarter. Yep. We let that ha- we let all of that happen in a microcosm. Unfortunately, we were just so much better than them that we could just wake up out of whatever sleep we were in, out of whatever coma we were in, and be able to get back on it and finish the game the way we did. But going into this weekend, it's not even – we can't have that kind of mess up. It's just not an option. So you want to quit the recording, or it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, we could end on that, um, but uh, it 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 is crazy t- to think that you're right because I mean we've had our Jekyll and Hyde moments this entire season, and you look at what we've done in the past three games. We get no credit for the fact that we have scored uh what 100, almost 150 points and then we've given up 30 in the last three games i know we played vanderbilt whatever but we played auburn i don't care how bad auburn is that's a 42 to 10 that's another series that you and i grew up like you know we would be losing our minds if we beat both florida and auburn by you know 22 points and 32 points that's crazy but we are coming in this game against tennessee a, a resurgent program and you mean to tell me this Tennessee team has turned around from being just absolute dumpster fire in two you know two years or so? I'm 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 gonna sit here and tell you this Tennessee team is is just feeding feeding on this media attention and they love it. They just walked into this college football playoff with the number one ranking. First time they've ranked, been ranked number one probably since they won the national championship in the '90s. And this team. Has a lot of good people. I mean, they they have some talent. They have obviously uh, Hendon Hooker has played really well for them. They've got the Hyatt kid playing really good for receiver. Uh, I, I don't know if they've got that. Uh, what is it, Cedric? Cedric Tillman is that right? The the uh, the running back for them. I don't know if he's back right now or not. But they've got a couple of guys that can still fill in pretty well for them. It's it's a team that's. I mean, at this point, is pretty well complete on the offensive side of the ball. Go look at the stats for the defensive side of the ball. And you look at what what have we who have we been talking about the most? 
is number 19 and number 84, number zero, and these are the guys that can destroy 127th ranked passing defense in the country. I'm sorry, but we can't. The the run and the funny thing is, I don't, Chancy. The people are talking about Sanford Stadium like it's the. I, there was a point in time where Sanford Stadium was not what it is right now. I will say this. There was a time where Sanford Stadium was was not quite the the atmosphere that it, that it is now. You think about the times. I mean, heck, they've renovated the speaker system like twenty times since we were in college. That now this is this is a, a different time. There, I mean, these these <laughs> volunteer fans think they're going to walk into Sanford Stadium and make that big of a difference. They think they're going to get thirty percent of Sanford Stadium. They're wrong, man. I, I guarantee you, there are people that are talking like, oh man, all these people are taking advantage of these StubHub prices and all that. All these season ticket holders are selling their tickets. I said, nah. Everybody I know that has season tickets is going to this game. And then everybody I don't know that doesn't have, I mean, excuse me, everybody that I know that doesn't have season tickets wants to go to the game and is asking to go to the game and begging me to take them to the game. And this is going to be, it's going to be dogs, man. Lots of dogs. And Sanford's going to be pumped up. It really is so funny to think about when we were in college and <laughs> some of those games, and you couldn't even tell what song was being played because the speaker system was so quiet. It and... was just and it was just crackling. It was like a Honda Civic, like it's your speaker system, like in Sanford Stadium. It was so bad. And then you think about 2019 and the Notre Dame game, and just yeah. I just remember. Everybody is freaking out around me. At one point, I was looking around the stadium, and I was like, where am I? Like, what is this? Like, wh- wh- who made this happen? And, and you're right. It's a whole different atmosphere. And we're going to get some of that this weekend. And and, and it's going to be a factor. And I think a lot of – you look at uh, a lot of Tennessee games, I don't think – I mean, you can say that it being in Knoxville was a was the, the turning point for the Alabama game and, and – and, Tennessee has got some wins on their schedule. I'm, I'm going to back up, and I do want to back up and say this: we are playing an incredible team in, in Tennessee, and just the the resurgence and where they're at, and they have won these games, and they have outright win. There's nothing. There's no if ands or buts about it. They are a good football team, and where their defense is lacking, their offense has done some incredible things. What people don't realize is they're actually a run first team. This Tennessee team is a run-first team. They actually run more plays. It's in the fifty percent, but they they run more than they than they pass. And people are looking at Hendon Hooker, and he's the he's the uh, the lead for the Heisman right now. And the guy is they're not missing. And I went back and looked. I went and watched some of our highlights from last year, which don't really apply to this year. But I just was curious looking back at some of the some of the footage. And it was funny. You go back and watch that game. And some deep balls with some guys running wide open, and he just completely missed them. That's not happening this year. These mm-hmm. guys are going to those deep balls and, and those those opportunities. They're going to hit those opportunities. That's why they're they're winning the way they are right now, putting up the points that they're putting up. Best offense in the country statistically, and this this spread hurry up uh, offense is is working, and you really have to throw a lot of general conceptions about the game out the window. Um, a lot of this about you have to limit their number of touches and all that kind of stuff. If Tennessee gets the ball and you're not playing your top defense, they're going to score. They're not really worried about that. <laughs> that, that. They can score in 30 seconds. The biggest reason why you want to have 
sustained drives, you want to give your defense a break to make sure that they're they're actually able to, to regroup because one thing that we excel at is we sub. We sub very often, and we sub well. You don't get to do that against this team. There will be entire drives that they do not, they don't sub a single person because the whole point is they want to go and they want to go fast. They want to go as fast as they physically can. And uh, and that's where you have to be, you got to be conscious of that and you've got to be thinking about where we are normally subbing and guys are going to be rotating. You've got to get stops early and you can't let them get first downs. First yep. downs are where they, once they pick, once they pick up steam, they don't stop. And if you give them a couple first downs in a row, they're going to score relatively quickly. And so the whole point is, you hold them a three and out, maybe one first down, but you got to get that big stop. You got to you got to collapse the pocket. And we were doing this when Jalen, especially when Jalen was on the field this past weekend. You collapse that pocket, and you don't give Hooker anywhere to go. You collapse the pocket, and you make him make. If he has to start making decisions under duress, he's going to make a bad decision. And that's where you have to be opportune and making. Uh, batting a ball down, making an, getting an interception, you have to make a game-changing play. And so if we're able, to me, if we're able defensively to push back and, and, and not give him an opportunity to get outside the pocket and extend that play because, man, they have got some receivers. Their receivers are – that Jalen Hyatt is a – he's the real freaking deal. He yep. is he's he's phenomenal. Good. And um, so that's – from our defense to our offense, my big thing is keep our run defense – if we can – if our front seven – can control the run game and make and put us put them into a known uh, to, to a passing situation and keep them having to pass the ball. It to me it really depends on how well do we control the run game with our front seven, and then uh, are we able to get pressure on him when he when he's trying to throw the ball. Jalen Hyatt, I didn't even realize this man. He's got he's almost got a thousand yards on the season and he's got fourteen touchdowns right now. Shut his ass down. You know who's going to be on him? His name is Keely Ringo. I don't know if you remember this. He, he, you know, just clinched the national championship for us, you know, in January. Keely, if Keely's able to play up to what his standard should be, you shut him down. I mean, the rest of these guys. So, Cedric Tillman, I mentioned him earlier. He's the receiver. I think he was out for a couple games earlier in the season, but Cedric Tillman. Is another guy who's he's kind of he's he might reemerge in this in this offense. That McCoy kid. Then you got uh, I can't remember how you, I don't know how you say his first name, but Keaton. Um, these are guys that can be. Hendon Hooker is going to get the ball out to these guys, and that's what this this defense. I mean, excuse me, this offense from from Tennessee. Josh Heupel. He's he's been the kind. I mean, he he had it at UCF, right? So and that's what this whole offense is designed around speed. And you know what? Kirby seen it all, man. We we played. I mean, Auburn Auburn used to do the same thing. They were way more of a run. You were talking about them being a run first offense. Auburn was way more of a run first offense. But you take me to tell me that whenever Gus was there, that they didn't play a similar style of of play action read option. You know, you name it, spread offense. They they had the field wide open at times, and so. There's still probably some other like better better examples than that. I'll say this: this Tennessee offense, if they're going to pass the ball, it's one thing. If they're going to try to run the ball, they do have actually a, a, a pretty good running offense. I don't think they're going to have much success at all running the ball. So if they commit to passing the ball, I think there's a good reason why Vegas and and some of these other people think that there's a good chance that our our defense now. 
you got Keeley. If Keeley's going to line up on Hyatt and Kamari's going to be on, on the opposite side, I feel comfortable if we got some man on the outside and maybe some zone, like deep zone on, on, in the middle of the field. But, man, that, that front seven has to be able to get – I don't – we don't have to – we don't have to sack Hooker. We have to affect Hooker. And and Kirby Kirby understands that. If you go look at the metrics, I've seen people post this stuff, and I don't know where the hell they find it. But if you go look at the metrics of, of what we've done as far as pressuring the QB, not so much bringing him to the ground, but pressuring the QB, we've been the best team in the SEC as far as, as getting pressure on the QB. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to put him on the ground. You don't think uh, what's his name? Uh, gosh, what's the what was the quarterback for Auburn that played against us? You know, you don't you don't think he he's a running quarterback. So was so was what's his name? Ashford. You know, yeah, Robbie Ashford. You know, so was so was uh, Florida quarterback <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Richardson. <laughs> yeah, so was uh, Richardson. You know, both two running quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson just did nothing against us. Uh, Robbie Ashford. This this Sanford Stadium atmosphere is going to affect the quarterback, and so are the dogs front seven. Defensive back, just they we just got to feed off of that, and then offense just has to do what they are born to do. The <laughs> <laughs> last point on, on defense, I think. You, you just can't. They're going to get chunk plays. We're going to have a, a, a blown coverage or two. They just, Tennessee, schematically, Hypo has just got it figured out. I mean, they've just they've got a good thing going, and so something like that can happen. And, and for us, that's going to happen with some of these receivers. But if you're to your point, if you're just putting Hooker under duress, he's going to have a missed throw. He's on that blown coverage. He's either not going to see the blown the, the receiver streaking down the sideline, or he's going to be forced to make a bad throw or, or not throw it the way he would want to throw it. And so for us, it's about collapsing that pocket and getting to getting to him to make a bad decision. So for me, that's the that's between that and and containing the run on defense with the front seven. If we're able to do that, I feel good about this game. Uh, but those are two really big ifs because these guys are are have been able to do it all season long. And so yes, they haven't played a defense like ours, and I think we've got we've got the most talent of anybody they're coming against. But um, they did play Alabama. Alabama's got Will Anderson, and they were still able to put up points. You can't, you can't deny those things. Um, but if we get Jalen Carter coming back at a at a anywhere between eighty and one hundred percent, and he can play a majority of this game, you makes you start to think different about what this looks like. And um, mm-hmm. so, the thing that does concern me is the subbing and, and is those those opportunities that were not typically afforded uh, during during usual games, but we're, we're obviously going to scheme for that. Um, but you mentioned really the under, and it's usually, and this is usually how it goes. Usually when you have a big matchup like this, you're, you're, everybody talks about best versus best, but then the, the neglected is the other side of the ball and, uh, or, or the, at least one of their sides best for us, our offense against Tennessee's defense. And this is where things get interesting. And, uh, and this is where the game is won uh, to, to me. It's, which offense are we going to see from our perspective? Are we going to see first half of Florida, Oregon, South Carolina, those those offenses? Or are we going to see the sputtering offenses against Missouri, uh, Kent State, just the, the dumb stuff? 
uh, I have a thought, but I'm going to throw it to you and see where what 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 you think are going to be the keys offensive. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, number one, absolutely is time of possession, and we are one of the best teams in the country at time of possession. And if we can run the ball effectively, the Florida game. Let me tell you, Chancey, a big reason why we were effective in the, especially in the in the fourth quarter, uh, against, and I think he actually came in in the second too, against Florida running the ball, was we had Devin Willett come in in the left guard because I think Trust got got an injury, he he went out, but we had seventy seven come in on the left guard spot and it felt a lot different. I like the way that guy plays. He's got. Uh, he's got honestly, he's got tackle height and and weight, uh, but he is playing in that guard the guard spot and he's doing well. I want to keep him there. But Chancy, if we can get Kenny an early an early touchdown, get him feeling good. You you win the first quarter again. It's the same thing as last weekend. You win the first quarter, and if you can dominate the first quarter, you win this game. But you want you have to win the first quarter and come out strong. If Tennessee does what they did last year and they come out and and we had this we struggled with them early in the game last year. If we if we do that, it's the, kind of the opposite of last weekend. I felt like I, I thought last weekend was literally going to be just like Tennessee last year against Florida. Uh, but now it's like all right, we got to do the exact opposite, not the exact opposite, but we have to do in the first quarter. We have to play to a point where Tennessee feels scared. And right now they're on on cloud nine. They're doing well, but man, this crowd and this energy those those the energy the 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 running game and then Stetson has to be as accurate and and no turnovers. That's the it, that's that's the I mean that's it. That's it in a nutshell. It's a simple it's a simple formula, and because like I said earlier, it's it, you just don't you don't do dumb stuff, and you're not guaranteed to win this game but my god you're in a much better position to win this game and for me you go back and look at last year who had a big game uh mr cook had a a, a really big game last year he, oh uh, cook i go back and watch had, those highlights sometimes it's awesome he, he had he had a hell of a game and, and and this team is not last year's team on either side of the ball but a dynamic playmaker like a Kenny or obviously a Bowers getting feeding the hot hand and giving those guys I think for us we have actually been a pass first team that's not that nobody I think no, none of us would um uh disagree with that I mean it's pretty evident we have been a pass first team all season I think you're going to see us run the ball more and try to establish that in a different way this game uh for me Dejon and he is the hot hand and putting Kenny in opportunities to be able to succeed, whether that's screens to him or getting him, getting him the ball in open space, doing some tosses to him to get him out, to be able to make some plays. I think for us, we are going to be the fastest team offensively that they have played really from all positions. And I I think we do have some chances to, to surprise them on offense. I think Munkin has got some, some ideas up his sleeve. You know, it's not getting, it's not getting cute. It's it's maximizing your guys' opportunity to make sure that they're put in positions to succeed. And, yeah. and I think we're going to be able to do that. And I have been satisfied with how Munkin has done that up to this point. And I really do think we're going to see guys put in opportunities to make plays where they 
may not have been able to uh, or, or have not uh, have not previously. But I, I, I'm excited about where we can do. I, I think for for me, it all comes to where where are we mentally? Where are we focused? Another thing that we haven't talked about is special teams. I mean, I think for us, the special teams aspect, not having a blown special teams play, punting well, those things, putting pinning Tennessee back deep, I mean, those are things that you can't underestimate how much yeah. of an impact that they that they play against a team like this. And, and, and it comes down to that simple fact of don't do stupid crap during this game. I mean, it's just a very <laughs> – it's a very simple, simple formula, and um, the math sure. checks out for our entire, uh, for our entire uh, year so far. Um, but I'll be honest, man, I, I'm nervous about. I, I'm I'm nervous from the fact that we have had multiple games now where we have done stupid stuff, and the only thing that gives me hope is that we've done them against opponents that we feel superior to, and we're looking past them to the next team. We're we're looking ahead, and that's that's the one place that I feel like I'm 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 getting some, uh, I'm getting a little bit of relief from how we've acted against the Kent State, against the Missouri's, against the in third quarter against Florida, of we're just looking forward to the next team and not really giving credence to the team that we're playing, and that's where my heart is, and, and I think. I think you're talking about we, we've talked about the spread and and those kinds of things. I, I think Vegas sees that. I think everybody sees what our potential is, and, and I truly think we got a glimpse of it during the Oregon game. I think we almost surprised ourselves at how well we played <laughs> and how bad we beat them because that Oregon team right now, I mean, they're favored to win the Pac-12. They're and, number eight in the country. I mean, they are playing. Bo Nix is playing lights out <laughs> who would have thought we'd say that <laughs> and he and he also said that that they would beat us now i'm sorry uh, man you can't you you can't say that after you lost 40 <laughs> best 46 points just let it go just let but, it go. Uh, we'll, we may have a chance to talk about him again later down the road but i i, I do think for me I, I don't feel that there is any type of talent discrepancy between us and tennessee i, I feel confident any of our players could line up against them. I think Tennessee is the hot hand right now, and I think they're playing at a high level, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And we just can't – we can't give them anything. If they are going – if they come into Sanford and take it from us, I'll be – you know what? They beat us, and it wasn't because of stupid stuff we did. They just came in and, and won the game. I'm not going to be happy about that, but, like, you can live with – you can live with them beating you I can't live with us beating ourselves. That's yep. where, and, and that's all cliche and those kinds of things. But that's that's where I stand on this whole thing. If if we play like we did against Missouri, we'd lose by thirty plus points. The so you're you're looking at the matchup and and statistics and everything. You know, people are overlooking this Georgia uh, passing defense has been it's, it's top thirteen in the country. We're averaging uh, we're giving up 177 points. Excuse me, 177 yards per game that's that's pretty darn good in this team this tennessee team and and we still have a young defense we're playing a true freshman in a safety position and we saw it last week in chancy we cannot have that malachi started off on this pedestal we put him up there man and he played he's played well don't get me wrong i'm not trying to knock him down but man he ha- cannot make the freshman mistakes this weekend He's made them in the past. We've been able to overcome that, and that's great. He's also made some really, really good plays. Give the guy credit. 
but he's he's got to grow he's got to grow basically two years worth of experience in the next week, and I just we need him to be on now. Chris Smith being opposite him of him, I think has been super beneficial to him. I think that's been great for him because Chris Smith, I mean, go go look at his numbers. Go look at the way he's been playing this year. He has been playing at an elite level, and he has learned that. And he is he did not start off that way, man. And Chris Smith has turned into a top-tier safety in the SEC this year. And you look at Keeley. What has he done? All right, he's got that good experience. Kamari, golly, this is the first year he's ever started. So top to bottom, is our defensive backfield, one, schematically, are they playing at a better playing better than, than Alabama's defensive backfield? Are they better talent-wise than Alabama's defensive backfield? And I think that both answers are yes. I really do. Which is crazy to say because it's, it's Alabama's defensive backs have been great. Uh, but that's that's the way I look at it. Is, is our offense is going to be able to move the ball one way or another on their defense. I feel very confident saying that. Can our defense stifle their their passing offense? That is the biggest question of the game. Can we do that? So, got to get pressure. 88's got to be that guy. He can be that guy. I Look, last week, I threw out that rumor about him. He's not, he's not hanging it up, man. And you saw that he did not give up. When he played against Florida last weekend, dude was all over the place. So, happy about that. He's got to be that guy. We haven't even mentioned real quick. I'm, I'm I, I did want to mention that you know we don't even know is Ad Mitchell going to play this weekend. Our best receiver, is he going to be be able to play? Uh, also, Aaron Smith is he gonna, is he going to be able to play? Like you know he kind of goes back and forth with these foot things. We've got these weapons that are still sitting on the sidelines that might be ready to go this weekend and might be a big difference maker. Jancy, who's getting TDs? I had I had a list. Damn it, I had a list. All right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Stetson's gonna run one in. Uh, Kenny Kenny gets one. Bowers gets one. Dylan Bell gets one. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the big one. That's the big one. And then I had somebody else. Oh crap. Mm, I'm gonna run one. In. Okay. All right. Ba, 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 ba. I'm gonna say. I'm so that's four, right? Did I say four? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say also. Uh, I think Dejan also gets one. So we'll just split the running backs. Okay. He's got two running backs, three receivers. Oh, sorry, two two running backs, two receivers, and uh, quarterback. The mailman. The mailman. Yeah. Uh, I like I like the spread you have here. I think we are going to see a lot of points. I don't know if we're going to see as many points as everybody's predicting. Um, usually, when that happens, things get a little get a little funky. I think both defenses are going to play a little better than uh, than people expect them to. Uh, they're they're being uh, undervalued in a lot of a lot of these ways, but. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where where this where, where this lands in, in a lot of areas. But man, I I don't have to, I don't have a fear about us showing up. I have a fear about of, of us staying focused and making sure that we're making the plays that we need to make. Because uh, you you said it earlier, it's about starting quickly and being dominant early. And even last year, I keep bringing up last year, but I think it's a decent barometer for for what you have to look at. Tennessee scored, if you could think about last year, Tennessee went down and scored almost instantly. Within just a yep. couple minutes, they drove the field, they went down and scored, and you just kind of woke up and you're like, wow, the it's a they've already put seven points on the board. And then for us, it's like, we're not going to panic. 
We're just going to yep. play our we're going to play our game, and we just went down and we scored right back, and then we pretty much didn't let up after that. Yep. And that's where you have to do. I think a big thing here is you can't let them trick you into playing a different kind of ball. And we actually even did this last year. We played a hurry up style on them that played that paid dividends for us going into that game. We were actually played fast. Yeah, we did counteracting we did. counteracting them, and 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 I think there's some opportunity. We've done that some this year as well. And we've been successful, I think, for us. We just we have so many – the key for us is we have so many weapons that we can get it out to guys and, and be able to spread the ball out in a way that not a lot of people can. And uh, so I, I think you're going to see some different looks from us, not different looks that we haven't been preparing for, but I, I think there's going to be some things that we may not have been saving exactly for Tennessee, but some looks that may have been, um, have been looked at or uh, not used up to this point that we haven't needed – and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to to watch because um, yeah you have you have to you have to game plan against Tennessee different you have to think about them it's a whole different style of offense compared to what we're normally playing each week it's tough man it's going to be a battle I mean I, I, I we're sitting here talking about you know we're positive about one thing and negative about one thing man it's it's it is going to be tough this is going to be it's going to feel like those old school Georgia versus Tennessee matchups that we've seen um so gotta avoid those mistakes and and man when has, an, S, when has an sec east matchup like indicated felt what's like gonna this happen, what's gonna happen in the college football landscape <laughs> well they they said they had uh some some lady on the cfp thing came on and was talking about it and was just saying like uh hey what's up good night. hey good night hey we're on we're on the pod say hey say go dogs go dogs Go dogs. We're just wrapping things up. Bye. That's my wife. <laughs> so, anyway, um, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying. Uh, oh, she's she did mention that uh, this is kind of one of those things that this will de- – obviously, I think this will definitely decide the East, no doubt. This will crown the East champion because, I mean, we play Kentucky and we play Mississippi State, two teams that are faltering right now. But and Tennessee actually has a pretty easy road here to the end of the season as well. Um, but you look at what this means for the CFP is basically we lose this game. I think there's a decent chance that we are just out of the playoff period. So got to keep that in mind. But man, I'm Chancy. I'm I will be tailgating. We are having to hold our spot probably about four o'clock in the morning. My brother is going to go out there with a sleeping bag and sit in a chair and. And do all that stuff. We're going to go set up at 7. And uh, we will be ready to roll come 3.30. All this talk about this whole like night game situation and hating it. I, I Look, I'm with you. I wish I hate that we haven't had a night game all year. We are not going to have a night game because our last home game is, is against Tech. And it ain't going to happen. But these 3.30 games, I love them. Love everything about it. You said it yourself, though, man. I hate that we missed the... Uh, uh, the 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 time change is the following day. Otherwise, this would basically be a night game. Well, and and I do think we were we were talking about it earlier how we think the uh, the timing is going to work out to where the fourth quarter is going to is going to be dark outside, and uh, looking at the weather, it's probably going to be a little cloudy, so uh, a little overcast. Uh, I, I do think we are in for an electric atmosphere. And I'll be honest, I kind of like the first half of a game being during the day in that second mm-hmm. half being at night and being dark and kind of get to where the lights start to, to come in and make an impact. Um, mm. I think I might just be talking myself into this, 
but I'm pretty jacked up. <laughs> well, especially as a, as, as a father and having a, a babysitter during the day, the three thirty game is probably more ideal. <laughs> but but the uh, man, that's yeah. Anyway, well, but also you you get to watch the, the sunsets, like you know, at, at, over the uh, the scoreboard and all this, like you know, and and that's the it's the kind of stuff you live for, man. This is the game we have been. This is the biggest game potentially. People are saying it's the biggest game in Sanford Stadium history. And if it were one versus two, it would feel like even it would be like a definite. But now they, the committee decided to screw us, make us number three. The dogs came in at number three. Vols are at number one. Let's take their ass down. Oh man, I uh, they are the entire country is drinking the Tennessee Kool Aid right now, mm-hmm. in a major way, and nobody gives a rat's behind about us. And I am here for it. That is when we do our best work. So, brother, I am. Uh, I am, some way, shape, or form. I'm going to move a mountain and make sure that we uh, we're, we'll be linking up this weekend. Yeah. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. But I, no matter what's going on, I am I am jacked for the atmosphere. I am ready for this. I, I think you're right. I think Sanford and and Athens in general is going. We, we haven't had it all season. We've been waiting for our moment. And yep. it's all happening in one game. We are literally putting an entire season's worth of passion into one football game, <laughs> and I am I am ready right I am ready for it right now. I'm actually tired. I'm mad at the fact that it's only we're recording this on Tuesday and I have to wait so many days before this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like people keep talking about how the, uh, the Georgia football fan base they got what they wanted last year. You know, they're a little bit complacent right now. They're gonna they're gonna find out. This weekend, <laughs> f around and find out, man. They are about to run into a buzzsaw in Athens, and, and especially in Sanford Stadium. These Vol fans are gonna come in feeling feeling all high and mighty and all that. And like, I heard oh. I heard somebody say this uh, today. I was I saw it on uh, something online, and it was said. They said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from right here, right now." And I was like, <laughs> I was like. I was like, hell yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Man, no, it's, man. it's, it's I, be good. We're, we're sitting here talking about it. You you might as well come on up tomorrow. All right. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it'd make, it'd make good sense to just go ahead and do it, beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tip well, me with a good time. <laughs> are you uh, you coming up on Friday? or? That's the plan. That's the plan. Coming up on Friday, I've got a heavy travel week the week after, so I'm going to burn all of my energy uh, this weekend, and uh, uh, we should should get up there sometime Friday evening. So looking looking forward to it. Going to try to beat as much crowd as we can, but uh, I think there's going to be quite a few people traveling in. Well, if we can if we can swing it, maybe we can. Uh, well, here's the deal: if if we don't see you on Friday, if you if you're getting on campus on Saturday from from the Bulldog park or whatnot and uh I'll, if i have to i'll carry a couple beers that we will both i don't know if we could shot we're, we're both in our 30s now i don't know if we can shotgun them <laughs> i did shotgun a beer before we walked into the florida game so maybe we should i don't know uh, well, <laughs> if it's apparently it's physically possible as a 30 year old so yeah let's make it happen <laughs> <laughs> it was rough but i did it i did it uh man i'm looking forward to it golly you're making me you're making me real real amped about this right now so uh, not sure if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, but brother, uh, go dogs and uh, let's beat those vaults. Dogs on top. Oh. Oh.